The Frozen North, episode 55. Because we love you, Nintendo. Hello and welcome to episode number 55 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ, and I'm on here. And he's on here with his two co-hosts. Howdy y'all! My name's Mark. <laughs> and Mark, my name's Brian, by the way, but when I am on Steam, and I'm playing South Park, and I say, oh hey Mark, looks like you're uh, trying out the, the paces of your new graphics card on Skyrim, and you don't respond, it hurts my heart. Um... I have no memory of this. It could be his fiance on there too. Oh, was uh, Shannon playing it. Skyrim? She probably wouldn't ignore you though. She's nice. But I, yeah. I even complimented you. <laughs> I said, "Mark, I go. That's a great game to uh, uh, to put. You know, the GTX 9700, 9700, 970. Man, look at you guys. The, the GTX 970 through its paces, and then no one responded, and I then I was sad. I just don't remember that happening. Okay, well it did. So maybe I was rude, getting a drink or something. Consider it. But like the the text screen it stays blinks. Up it probably screen. was like I was probably playing, and then something blinked. I'm like, oh, chuck! And I just hit. <laughs> You're like, no! I just hit shift tab. And I, I am looking shift at, tab again. He was like, I am looking at Esburn right now. That's probably, I cannot be. Yeah. I cannot. No, be I released Esburn. I'm adventuring with Esburn. Leave me alone. I let Esburn go. Okay. Oh boy. How is that new GTX 970? It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it just really is a great card. Except, Except possibly the VRAM leak. But anyway, uh, I'm Brian. Uh, that's JJ. That's Howdy Y'all Mark. Um, that's his actual that's, name. That's on, right. On that his, is my name. That's on his birth card. It says Howdy Y'all Mark. I'm going to register a new Twitter account now. Mm-hmm. Episode 55, guys. 5-5. Five, 5-5. Five. Five, five. Um, Mark, you have any fun facts to say about 55? <laughs> that's five times more than 11. Yeah. Touche. And, and if we do this, uh, if we do 100% more episodes, we'll be on episode 110. Yeah. Yep. But two episodes before that, we'll do a Sweet Coden special for episode 108. Absolutely. I don't know. What's the relevance? You think that... <laughs> is that is that too many episodes? The, the relevance I've never is... collected 108 stars. I always collect like 70-ish. <laughs> so you think we should do it at yeah, like 70? 70-ish. You know, one of those. <laughs> we'll release an episode 70-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Around 70, 80, whatever. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Like. Oh, man. So what, uh, what have you guys been playing? You know what? I'm going to start... Boom. JJ, what have you been playing? That's right. I have been playing Dragon Age Inquisition like crazy. You're making me want to play oh it, so my stop gosh. talking about it. It is so fun. Uh, it is a completionist dream. Like, you go into a new zone, you look at a map, and it just has tons of points of interest on there. Oh, and you basically go there, you find a quest, you find a, an item, you find uh, you know people looking for help, or just a new zone or something like that. I mean, it's just so cool. And, uh, I mean, I, I love exploration, and didn't that's it, what it is. Didn't this game win the most Game of the Year awards for 2015, for 14? It may have. I think the, the or, or, or Inquisition was the how, top dog there. How do they quantify that? I don't know. So, like, if I gave it a Game of the Year award, is that going <laughs> to add to their total? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I um, think it's industry-wide. Either way, I it's definitely going to be up there for mine. Before this, it was, it was uh, Mario Kart 8 was going to be up there. Um, as weird as that sounds, uh, but I, I, I just freaking love that yeah. game. And then uh, this one though is is giving it a run for its money at this point, so it's going to be close. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then I also I started playing Radiant Historia 
on uh, the DS, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's very very interesting. I'm not very far into it, so I can't really you know say too much about it. But delve deeply. It's fun. And then obviously World of Warcraft. Yep. So weekly raid or uh, bi-weekly raids. Yep. Terrible. Why is that terrible? No reason. Oh, well, that's <laughs> logic right there. Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. Go. Mark, what have you been playing? Nothing? Okay, Brian. Whoa! <laughs> See, I can do it too. Bam. All right, go ahead, Brian. Well, <laughs> Mark, like, no, Mark really. I know you've been playing Skyrim. Yeah, I've played a little bit of Skyrim. Yeah. I've played a lot more Rust than anything, really. Yep. I bought that three to four weeks ago, and it's a completely different game now than it was when I bought it just that short time ago. They've done an update every Friday, added new features. They've now got... So it's like an open-world survival multiplayer game, and they've now got uh, rad towns, which are these irradiated towns that spawn on the map that you kind of have to go into and search for supplies. And if you're not careful, if you don't go really fast, you die from radiation poisoning. So I've been playing that, and I've also been playing Dreamfall Chapters, finally, which is fantastic. It's just like the rest of the trilogy, really. If you haven't played it, if you haven't played any of them... I know, you're looking at me. I know. You need to. I know. Because they're fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. But I will eventually. Do you know how big my backlog is? Yeah. Man. I got a sizable backlog as well. That it? Yep, that's it. Brian. Uh, I've been playing, uh, I've been running uh, um, a, a, a two two nights a week, a raid um, in World of Warcraft uh, with my friend JJ, you know, a couple, a bunch of my real life friends, actually, most, most of the raiders are real life friends. Matt's um, been playing with us too. Yeah, Matt, uh Brandon, uh my friend Wit out in uh Virginia. Your bro. My bro. Um his friend Logan, my friend Logan. And then South Park Stick of Truth. Uh oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> and uh I'm well known I love I love really funny games. Um David Schaefer, aka Tim Schaefer. Uh <laughs> back when um back when DOS was in his heyday, one of my favorite games of all time is Day of the Tentacle, which by the way is Coming to Good Old Games. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. I honestly recommend you guys playing it. Um, it is one of the funniest games I ever played until I started playing uh, South Park Stick of Truth. Holy crap, did they make that game authentic? It's like playing it's, a it's show. It's fantastic. I'm yep. uh, probably a little less than halfway through, and I'm just loving every minute of it. I'm getting online on Steam and seeing Mark playing games, talking to him, and he's not responding back. And <laughs> Yeah, so. Pretty terrible. Yeah. You're, You're welcome. Unbelievable. Thank you. Anyway, I'll respond. I'll respond to you. I'm just kidding, man. I I I know how it is. Sometimes you're wrapped up in a game, or you're maybe away from the computer, and you just yeah, yeah and you just don't care about your friends. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I know how it is when that, you just don't care I, about anybody else. I try to defend myself more, but I do generally ignore those chats. Oh, I understand. Well, I mean, Terrible. honestly, well, I but I can't argue with him because sometimes when I'm playing a game, somebody will talk to me, and I'm like, man, I'm immersed right now. I don't really want to like yeah. pause, type. You know, so I, right. I while I like those chat things, I'm not always. But but then what I do to combat that is, I'll do the do not disturb um, uh, thing on on Steam. Oh yeah, so that's true. Yep. All right. Well, Mark, if somebody wants to email us, where can they go? Frozen North Podcast at Gmail dot com. Excellent. Brian, what's our Facebook? Uh, it's uh, Facebook dot com slash the Frozen oh, North at FN Podcast. At- is our Twitter. And that was a throwback last episode. <laughs> it's a throwback from two weeks ago. Man, you're bringing up those retro memories. <laughs> uh, 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 we're yes. doing the Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the frozen north. You got it. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is at FN Podcast, as Mark said. 
Our blog is frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. We we have a website at fngaming.net. We're looking to do a little revamping on the message board side. Yeah. Um, we're so looking at uh, setting up a subreddit because we're going to be moving hosts to a more stable host, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we were having issues with our site kept going down um because i'm really the, annoying i'm the admin that's why because i don't know what i'm <laughs> doing so we're going to like a managed host all right cool um and we're on itunes yep, frozen north that's right subscribe to rate and us, rate us yeah. tell us what you think what you like what you don't like yep uh okay so real quick we are actually obviously we do an episode every two weeks but in two weeks i will have be literally just getting back from my cruise a week from today which today is a saturday yep. um i will be getting on a boat oh i can't wait it's in, gonna be awesome you'll be in the end we're we're all oh, super jealous yeah i'm stoked yeah. um and i'm really excited because the oatmeal is going to be there which is nice i'm a really really big fan um but uh so we're not going to be doing an episode where it's basically going to be man that's one of the things that bugs me about doing it every two weeks that's going to be a whole month off essentially yep so uh, well, sorry about that but but uh, Mark actually has been working on a little bit, a little side project. That's right. Um, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about that now. All right. So I'm starting up a new project called the Fool's Lantern Podcast. It's a podcast all about television. We're going to start with a five-episode run where we're going to go through the TV series Fargo, two episodes at a time. Basically, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about TV tropes. And we're going to force ourselves to watch a really horrible TV show once an episode and talk about that as well. You know how I know Mark is serious about this and how I know it's going to be good? Why? Well, for one, because I've already listened to their, their rough cut of uh, you know how, uh, what they wanted it to sound like. And it was, it was great, really entertaining. Um, but also because he just did that whole thing looking right at me without looking at any he notes. He has no notes. He knows what he wants to do. Mark! I'm like so right. excited for this man. thing, man. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's I, how you know he's taking it seriously. High five, Mark. High five. <laughs> That was you high-fiving yourself. No, I, what? Why would you give that a... Mark, okay, I'm going to move and give you a high-five. I need a real one. On, I don't okay. want the... F- All right. <laughs> okay. He just lied again. No, okay, come on. Real high-five. <laughs> so, how? where are they... Uh, like, basically, you're going to be putting up an episode, hopefully, typically the when we, we would, would have correct. one of these up. Uh, where would they be able to find it? They'll be able to find it on iTunes. Just look for Fool's Lantern Podcast. You can also find... It's going to be on our website, fngaming.net, and also you can find our Twitter, at Fool's Lantern. No apostrophe in that, because they don't allow you to have apostrophes on Twitter. So bad grammar. <laughs> Man, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be fun. Cool. And I, like I said, I've listened to, I listened to the rough cut of the first one, and it's, it's, it's good stuff. So can't wait to see uh, what you guys do for that. We're excited. Definitely. Brian. Hi. What do we got for news? Uh, we've got a slow news week, but uh, we got a few uh, tidbits and uh, scrumtrolescent uh, crumbs here. Is that even what? remotely what a word? Scrumtrolescent? Scrumtrolescent. Um, first... Sounds like a Crayola color. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, first bit of scrumtrolescent <laughs> news is that uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron and more to join good old games LucasArts Library. Rogue Squadron, guys. I have to make a change to my top five. <laughs> <laughs> nice i know exactly what you're going with yep um there's a, a big library right now that they're good old games uh so if you don't know about good old games it's a gog.com um they're a pretty uh pro or uh, what's the word i should say anti drm website 
So on this website, if you buy the game, it's yours. You, ha- it's not. There's no DRM involved. You can literally download it on anybody's computer. Um, there's no restrictions. They're very, uh, they're very active on not. You know, saying once you buy the game, it's yours. You can do what you want with it. You don't have to put in a code. Um, I like that website. It's got so many old games. Um, just if you, uh, I think Day of the Tentacle just got popped up on there, which uh, is one of my favorite old games of all time. Um, bought it and went straight into my backlog. <laughs> you, you know, it's really a dream <laughs> website for anyone. It really that's, is. Uh, and but so, if you're a PC master race yes, kind of guy, PCMR, then, you're at. You have to go. They've there. got so many in the LucasArts library. They're starting to collect, and so Rogue Squadron's a big one um, that they added. They added a few others. Um, they added Empire at War, which is the RTS, um, and then Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, so just head on over to GOG.com if you're looking for older games to play and, and some LucasArts game, um, games. Uh, it's a fantastic website if you are, again, a PC owner. Microsoft, um, on our next bit of news, is working on a, a little streaming uh, from PC to the Xbox One. So, I mean, obviously, you, you all know that PC is, uh, you know, OS is Windows, which is Microsoft property. And so Microsoft announced that you can stream Xbox, Xbox One titles to the the Windows 10, Pete. Now, Windows 10 is the caveat. You have to have Windows right. 10. But uh, you can stream it to a PC or tablet in your home, in your house. So a Windows 10 tablet or uh, um, Windows 10 on your PC, that's pretty cool. Really cool, actually. Um, yep. And they're also trying to uh, make it a two-way street where you can do it vice versa, where you can um, stream from your computer to your Xbox One. Obviously, they, they didn't officially announce that no. one, but they said that's something they would that, like to do. Yeah, and the, and obviously, obviously, this has broader functionality beyond just gaming. Um, there's going to be a several applications that you'll be able to uh, you know flip flop back and forth. But uh, it's uh, good on Microsoft for for you know Mark is excited about this. I know that because he's got a uh, definitely yeah he's got a tablet and I know he's got a PC at home. So yep. and he's got an Xbox One. So this is a uh, this is pretty much just good news all around for Xbox. Basically, One. Basically, means every TV every screen in my house is. Xbox One equal cable. now. Yep, yep. Heck yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a big that's big news coming down from the Microsoft headquarters. And then uh, so there's a game that I've been tracking for years now. Um, I think Mark might have might know know about this a little bit. But Star we, Citizen, we've all been tracking yeah, this Star one. Citizen. Yeah. Uh, they're expected to reach 100 million in funding Insane. by the time it it it. Uh, so we've been all been talking about. Uh, we all have been talking about No Man's Sky. Right. Well, this actually might be beat it to the gate. Like, honestly, this game is so massive. So to give you a little bit of uh, perspective on what this game is, they're releasing they're releasing this game in basically phases because they're going to be betaing. There's, this game is so massive that they've got to split the beta up. So how it's going to work is, uh, first of all, this is from Wing Commander creator uh, Chris Roberts. Yep. And there are target release date, launch dates for each phase of the game. So when you say, what do you mean by phase? Isn't it just a, a space sim? Okay. Uh, not only is this a space sim, uh, they're going to have to release. Their, so there's a planet side component to this, a, f- a first person shooter component, and that's the first thing that's going to be released. I think that's coming out this spring. So this game's going to feature a very uh, realistic, you know, shoot down to the planet, have a little uh, battle, and then followed by an arena commander 2.0 ships in the summer, and then also the first episode of the 42 uh, mission story based component will be released in the fall. And then I think they're right now. Close to seventy million, and they're projecting by the time the game goes public to be at a hundred million dollars in funding. That's crazy. And have you seen some of the oh my the videos they've released? Oh my god, their ships are like I hate to use this word because it's overused, but yeah. photorealistic. Yes, 
It's going to really be pushing our PCs. <laughs> and, it, and it's just got so many facets. I, I think this game is starting to shoot up my list on most anticipated uh, game ever. I'm a huge space sim nerd. Uh, I played all the space sims back in the day, Orion, all kinds of... Is that self space? The Mass Effect trilogy. And the Mass Effect trilogy. <laughs> Not but, quadrilogy? Uh, yeah. But but no, but Mark, uh, I know that we're all excited about it. I know Mark specifically. You, uh, oh yeah, you've been tracking Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's it for news, though, guys. But honestly, uh, um, it was a slow week, so we got bigger. We got bigger things to talk about uh, in our podcast today. Uh, we got with you know Nintendo podcasts, and I think we're all Nintendo's babies. Definitely. All right. Yep. So we're doing a uh, Beyond the Game on Nintendo, as Brian said. Basically, like. You know, if you've listened to the last few episodes, every now and then I'll kind of come in with a cheap shot or, or something something about Nintendo's, one of their wonderful sales tactics uh, that make no sense whatsoever. And we figured, why not just, you know, do a, a segment on it and kind of just get everything out there. Air out our grievances with Nintendo. Right. Because we are, all of us are very close in age, so we all grew up in the, I would call the heyday of Nintendo. Yep. Which was the uh, early 90s, just when they were the dominant you know when that's why our parents still say would you like to buy a nintendo yeah. when they don't when they don't mean nintendo cuz right. nintendo used to be the uh, the premier name in gaming and that's what we all grew up with and that it was like it was like if you buy window cleaner everybody calls it windex correct you know that's they that's were, how it was back yeah, then yeah and and i feel like they've lost so much luster and and momentum and we're trying to figure out what, you know what what they what they did why why they fell off the you know fell off the why sony is crushing them when they sony broke into the market during their heyday uh sony was a little guy at one point so we just we're frustrated well there was a little guy when it comes to gaming that's what i mean yeah Yeah. (laughs) well we're just frustrated with uh i think the direction nintendo goes and and because we love because we nintendo is such a big part of our childhood i think it's kind of like you know you're you're just you're damn it guys come on you know stop doing this weird stuff yeah yeah no 100 percent yep um, okay, well, I mean, why don't we, let's start by identifying what we think the major, it, well, you know what, let's, let's start, how about we start from the beginning, what do we love about Nintendo? Yeah, yep. The games. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I'm still, you know, I love their games just as much as I did when I was a kid. Their franchises are probably the strongest IPs that I know of. Absolutely. Know? No game's gonna be better than a Zelda, um, in my eyes, you know, like, I'm not talking about the actual game, but just the cachet, uh, of that name, you know, a Mario game, we all know that's gonna be, a, a you know, a world beater, uh, Star Fox franchise. Their franchises are so powerful, uh, and they're iconic. Yeah, absolutely. What else? Uh, I like. I honestly like that they try. They try things. They try. They think out of, outside they of the box. Think outside the box. Uh, I think, but that think that's also a double edged sword for them lately. Oh, yeah. But uh, I like that. I'll never fault a company for trying something new because we have a lot of stagnation in the gaming world because you know that's what makes money. As right. trying just rehashing the same thing, and companies that are like, you know what, I'm going to try something new, and it may and they may fail completely. That's what taking a risk is, absolutely. Uh, but uh, I always appreciate companies doing that. I think Nintendo, at least, that's something that they are not shy about doing. It's like, hey, we're going to try something, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything to add? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So why don't we why don't we dig into what we think the issues are? I mean, let's talk about like when we think they're kind of. I don't want to say downfall. But where the the problems the the patterns that we're seeing now kind of started to to mm-hmm. come into play, for me, I think it was right around when the Nintendo sixty four came out. Um, granted, the Nintendo sixty four is a great system. Mm-hmm. Obviously, had some amazing games. Mario sixty four, Zelda Ocarina of Time, unbelievable. But that whole deal, Sony was initially going to 
make a disk drive for them. And I honestly don't know the details, so I can't I can't say looking back on it now, knowing now what I know about how Nintendo runs their business and, and how strong they are in keeping their traditions and stuff like that. I can kind of see why they would have done that. But at the same time, what were you thinking? You know, everything at Sony's doing right now, who knows? That could have been Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, it's like a- Nintendo created their own worst enemy. Yeah. Sony. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if there was a fallout. I don't know. I honestly don't know what happened, but there's probably some info on the internet yeah. about it. And I would imagine most of it's probably speculation because I highly doubt they would, you know, release all that info on there. But to let something like that go, you know, and it, it, I, I kind of noticed it when I saw Final Fantasy VII go to the PlayStation because that was Final Fantasy was the Nintendo. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm so, I love Final Fantasy on on the Super Nintendo. Wait, wait what PlayStation? Yeah, what? Yeah. What? Uh, and then I played Twisted Metal Two, and I was like, well, I'm getting a PlayStation anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, what do you guys what do you guys think? Where do you think it stems Game, from? GameCube. The GameCube hit Nintendo pretty hard. It was not a success. I see... I think they panicked after the GameCube. Because as you know, the Wii is barely more powerful than the GameCube. Right? Mm-hmm. They were kind of the leading... They were kind of the leading company up until they dropped the GameCube. Uh, you know, it was always like, what's the next Nintendo console, right? Oh my gosh. But yeah, the GameCube just... It fell flat. Like, it really did. Uh, I, I owned one. I love... Like, like I said, I... I've been a faithful Nintendo fan for years, uh, but uh, even I could see kind of like... I really never understood why the GameCube didn't sell that well, though. I Like, I had one. I loved it. Yeah, yeah I, I think... Uh, I can't, that was I, around the time the uh, the Xbox came out. Yes. I wonder if there was just more of a push towards the edgier, darker games, and... At least here GameCube in the U.S. Yeah, was but, perceived as like this more kid-oriented yeah, but one of their, console. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. there's certain people that hate when people say it's a but let me, game, console for kids, but... Let me refute you on that, though, because some of the games that came out for that GameCube were darkest games I've ever seen Nintendo do. That's uh, true. Uh, Eternal... Eternal... Something. Eternal there's Darkness? Eternal Darkness, number one. <laughs> and then the Zelda game that came Is out Is that the Dennis Dyack game? I think so. And then the, the Zelda game that came out, uh, um, Twilight Princess, probably the darkest Zelda game they'd ever made. Well, in all, in all honesty, I mean, for me personally, I never even started... Like, I mean, I knew, I knew the characters and yeah. stuff like that, but... The Wii was when I first started looking at Nintendo as the the family friendly, the 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 kid friendly yeah. console. Yeah. I'd never even looked at the GameCube like that, to yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. I just know that GameCube didn't and, do in, well. In for GameCube's them. defense, there's yeah. also did you say Metroid Prime yet? Because no. that's another perfect that's another example perfect of a example. really yeah. dark atmospheric game. I but but don't you like so? I think the GameCube was like they're they're okay. We're gonna make games for hardcore gamers, right? And they started making these really darker, more edgy games and. This is literally this is one hundred percent conjecture on my part. I think that it didn't do well, and they were like, "Well, let's we we make games for kids. Let's just stick to that." I think that was their. We can't uh, compete with the you know Xbox, Microsoft, and and Sony in the uh, edgy game. And this is like I said, this is one hundred percent my opinion. But it literally we went from a shift of the GameCube was a a, a gamer system. Like seriously, Resident Evil Four, mm-hmm. for oh, yeah. example. I mean, all these games were phenomenal games that are still to this day like impactful. Like Resident Evil Four stands out to be one of the best Resident Evils ever made. But yeah, then, I remember when it came out, man. Yeah, it was fantastic. My my friend, I remember playing World of Warcraft with my roommate Mike, and all I would hear was that damn uh, guy with the guns who's like, "How are you? What you buying?" You know, that's all. I just hearing that all the time. Uh, but I I think that the low sales. I think sometimes companies read into low like read into things wrong. 
Like they don't look at it from our perspective. They're just like, oh, we made a hardcore system for hardcore gamers and it didn't sell well. Let's go back to making a, a you know a fun family system. Well, here's another thing to think about. When did Nintendo stop being the platform for third party games? Because they really they don't have the same quantity of third party games as the other two consoles. I think I think a big hit of that was the the Square deal. Yeah. When when Nintendo decided to stay, stick with cartridges over going mm-hmm. disc based, yeah, and I think actually to go even further with that, I think the format issue came into play again with the GameCube when they had their mini discs, which yes. don't hold as much data, mm-hmm. and it also yeah. meant that in the time that DVD players were becoming really popular, it was the one console that didn't have a DVD I player. Mean, those were all huge factors. I mean, sure, you're like, well, I can buy a PS2, and that's a DVD player, and also um, a game a video game player. Like it's all it's all universal. Or I can right. buy a GameCube that just plays games. You know, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things working against the GameCube, but I think at the GameCube, after the GameCube, Nintendo kind of shifted its thought process. They were like, well, let's just go this way. You know, we didn't do well here, so let's uh, let's shift them. Let's shift our ideas here, too. Yeah. It's know. unfortunate because, because of that, they kind of have this stigma now where exactly what you're saying. The people look at it and they think kid games. They think... Uh, you know, Nintendo likes to say it's for everyone, but you see these cutesy graphics and, and I, I made an example to Mark a while ago. Like if you were to take Disney universal and, uh, uh, what's another Lionsgate and say, all right, uh, we need one of these three companies to make a kid's movie for us. Who would be the best choice out of those three? Right. It's going to be Disney. Obviously Disney is essentially the Nintendo Right. Of movies. Although Disney's done a or really Nintendo's good... A Disney Disney, Disney's games. done what Nintendo can't do, which is Disney's really started working on changing their image a little bit. I mean, obviously, they picked up Marvel, picked up Star Wars, um, which is totally old, older generation uh, stuff. And so they still do their kid stuff, but they haven't forgotten about... They haven't forgotten about the kids that grew up with Disney, right? So with Nintendo, I feel like they just kind of forgot about the generation like us. So they were like, well, you guys are grown up now. We're going to keep it here. Yep. Like, they have not grown up with us. They've just kind of stayed back in the 90s. And it's like, well, we're all grown up now, Nintendo. Give us something that we like, too. Like, we get, right. I don't mind ma- companies making games for kids. That's the point. You want to get an audience. They have a mentality. It's like, well, this has worked for us in the past, so right. we're going to stick with it. It's but, like, okay, well, we're not in the past. And what's really funny is if you look at, like, uh, you know, the ba- you have the baby boom, where um, in, after World War II, a huge swath of babies were born, right? Well, think about it. It's the same kind of graph. You have that Nintendo's heyday in the 90s, right, where all us kids were Nintendo fans, and our right. parents knew nothing but Nintendo. Well, now we're way over here, right, and Nintendo's over here where they have a smaller market. And yeah. so there's a, they're, they're wondering why their sales are down. It's because yep. your big, huge fan base, which has grown up now, is feeling left out. At least, I'm not speaking for everybody, at least I feel right. like that. I feel like, hey, make us something that, that, you know, make more Zelda games or something, or do something that we like. I have, I have an idea, actually. I'm kind of curious. Mark... I'm gonna have you step out for a second, okay? Um, we we got our buddy Brandon here. I, I know we've mentioned a couple of times. I actually, yeah. I'm gonna have him sit in real quick because I want to ask him a couple of questions. Sure, that's a great idea. He is putting on the headset for and the first time. He's sitting down. He's sitting down, and now he's looking. Don't touch my tablet. Don't touch Mark's tablet. <laughs> oh, I wasn't gonna touch it. Mark's wow, tablet. Mark is protective oh, of that. Brandon, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing good. So you typically. Based on, I mean, you've you've been here a handful of times when we recorded. You know the kind of games we talk about, um, story focused, basically like anything. You typically like 
you like competitive gaming, essentially, Correct. I guess is the best way to say it. You're really big into Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that you're huge into Call of Duty, but I know you've played it a little bit. Not anymore. I used to be. Um, not so much. Right. Uh, but he, basically, online shooters, anything where you can play against other people mm-hmm. is what you're into. Correct. You're also a huge Xbox fan, right? Major, unfortunately, yes. I I, but I think it's only because he has such a high gamer like achievement point. I think it was if it was Switch, probably true. Be like, I do like my achievements. Yeah. I can't I can't get rid of them. What's your that's them. something? That What's Nintendo- your Xbox gamer score? Uh, it's over ninety thousand right now. Woo! Man, I think mine's like seven hundred. I think I'm four thousand maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, so so back to the topic. The reason I, I kind of want you to sit down is I'm I'm curious from somebody who is an outside you didn't you didn't necessarily grow up with Nintendo really no i had the original nintendo when i was like 3 years old i'm a few years younger than you guys yeah. and then yeah. i didn't own another nintendo system till gamecube and those are the only two i've ever owned okay so being somebody who doesn't have that much experience with the company or with those systems or anything like that what's kind of your view of that company right now like what what do you see when you think nintendo i don't think anything honestly they're they're not a gamers um, company, in my opinion. They make kid games, like what you guys said. They don't make games for the quote-unquote hardcore gamer, the adult gamer. Like, I just don't see that. The games I like to play have really good graphics, really intense gameplay, mm-hmm. um, really just heavy action. And and like you said, their franchises are just our kid franchises. Mario games, <laughs> Zelda games. Am I just my say, like appealing to everybody because we're gonna get a lot of flack for saying kids? Yeah, <laughs> I just I know what you mean though. Yeah, um, it's just I don't I don't see them trying to keep up with the other systems in terms of raw power. I mean, and it's the majority. I feel like the majority of consumers who buy games are gonna be adult gamers because they have the funds and the money to do that. Kids. Uh, Younger audiences, I guess I'll say. <laughs> you say a younger audience, yeah. yeah no, I mean, audience. honestly, I take back what I said, because if you, it, the, I'm trying to get your viewpoint of how you mm-hmm. look at them. And actually, I remember when I bought my Wii U and I told you how excited it was, you were like, well, great, enjoy your kitty system. You know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, no, yeah, seriously, he did. True. He was giving me crap yeah. about it for a long time. I mean, and it's just, I don't, I don't, it's just not a, a real system in my opinion. I love the handheld, Ooh. the 3DS. I love it. But... For an actual console system that I play on my TV, big screen, nice HD TV, the the Wii and the Wii U just don't cut it. And the Wii U, in my opinion, is essentially the same thing as the Wii. I mean, it's it's got a little screen on your controller. That, Nintendo's all about gimmicks lately. It seems like, mm-hmm. and and that's gamers aren't dumb. They can see past that, in my opinion. Do you feel like there's anything that they could do in order to change that image for uh, you know people outside? Of, of their core gaming group or target area, I guess. I think just make a better system. Honestly, I, I think it's all about the system. Uh, I, I, I know the games are good. I heard many things about the games. I don't play the games, so I don't know. I think if you make a better system with better graphics and not so much gimmick stuff, motion controls, you know, the screen inside the controller, I think that'll bring a lot of gamers back into the system say, okay, well, these games look really good now. I wonder how they actually play without all the motions and forcing that on me. Well, and I think a huge issue with the, uh, and I know Mark's not here, but he he's he'll he'll shake his head yes. Um, when you make a system less powerful than the current systems, you lose third parties a lot of third party support. Uh, what do I mean by that? So let's say you're Ubisoft uh, and you're wanting to make like a bleeding edge game. I know Ubisoft's been struggling this year too, but let's say you want to make a Watch Dogs game and you want to push the push the envelope graphically. 
you're gonna have to weigh whether or not you really want to make a down a downgraded game just for the Wii U. Uh, I agree. So, and the thing is, like, what what Sony and Microsoft they have going for them? Well, you have a very powerful system that all these third party developers want to make for, right? So, what can you do as a company? You can sit back and develop your IPs at your leisure, like Sony. Look at Sony; they have very few first party IPs out right now uh, for the for the PS4, but they're working on theirs. Uh, the the Uncharted Four looks fantastic, but they don't have to worry about rushing them out really quick because they have all this third party support that can keep their system like, oh, Grand Theft Auto's coming out for this. Oh, cool. I don't have to do anything. They're going to buy our system. These companies are going to make for our system. And then with... Because we, we already have chronicled uh, the Wii's issue with third-party support. Nobody wants to make... There's so many games that came out for it that, oh, we're not doing DLC for it anymore. Like, that's... Like, you know, that's just blatantly saying it's not worth our time. Uh, you're 100% right. I mean, I think you're 100% right. Like, if you've cut... A, a company like a, a Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, yes, they have their respective games that they make as well. Yeah. Uh, they want to make platforms that cater to those games. But I think the difference is Nintendo, or uh, I mean, sorry, Sony and Microsoft are thinking about third-party support. If you're a third-party developer, you're going to be sitting there like, what can I do to make my game bigger and better than everybody else's? You're not thinking about the console itself. You're thinking about, right. you know, how can I make my game better? If you don't have a console to run what you want to do, why would you go there? And and I know the argument on the other side is well Nintendo's trying to separate themselves from Microsoft and and Sony which it, that's fine because that's part of a business is you don't want to if you're trying to mirror them then uh, it's literally going to be well Sony obviously you see right now with Microsoft and Sony Sony's kicking their butt and they're essentially the same kind of they're doing the same kind of structure where mm-hmm. uh, but Nintendo's got to make a pow- more powerful system and it has to be more friendly I think the issue with third party support uh, other than power being you know it's still it's still considered. Less powerful, uh, or at, you know, it's on par with like PS. I think it's better than PS3, but barely. Um, I think the issue is that the touchscreen. Uh, you have to actually develop games for the touchscreen, or yeah. else what's the point of it? And third-party companies are like, it's not worth the money. You don't have enough consoles on the ground to counteract what we have to pay our developers to develop this touchscreen support. We're not going to get our money back, so we're not going to develop yeah. for it. Yeah. So it's it, there's so many. I mean, there's it's so complicated, but I think Nintendo's biggest issue is they're trying to be stubborn i agree their their stubbornness is killing them yeah absolutely you know the winds of the gaming are changing and they're kind of like that this old, has worked for us in the they're past like but... that old man it's like i back in my day uh, i didn't <laughs> wear shoes and i walked uphill both ways in the yeah. rain ah you kids these days and it's like no you got to change adapters adapt or die absolutely and that's the that's the way it works well it brings it back to the point that all the gamers that played Nintendo as kids grew up, and they didn't necessarily grow up with them. Right. And so... They, they stayed where they were. They stayed where they were. And we're all like, Nintendo, come on! We want you to be with us! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, just wanted to get your... What's your favorite game of all time? Oh, put me on the spot. My favorite game of all time? Um, I really liked Star Wars Bounty Hunter, which I played on the GameCube. Really? I love that system. Yeah, nice, it's, one of, yeah. it's one of my favorite games. Uh, I mean... A non-multiplayer game? I mean, my favorite multiplayer experience is Halo 3. Any ga- okay. I played that hours upon hours. Yeah, upon I mean, hours. now you're completely discredited whatsoever. But other than that, I mean... Blandy. I'm a bro gamer. What can you <laughs> say? <laughs> bro, what up, bro? What's your KDR? Uh, I got in Modern Warfare 3. I don't care. I'm just kidding. Dude, okay. Tell me. I want to know. <laughs> I got it up to 2.0. That and, is insane. And then I stopped playing because I didn't want it to go lower. Is that good? I don't know. 
Whatever, Braj. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. It's not bad. All right. Get the heck out of here. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Bye, Blaine. Thanks for having me. Bye, Blaine. Who's this guy? Who's this guy getting back in? I love that he stopped playing the game because he didn't want his KDR to go down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Brandon move, right? Okay, so Ow. I mean, we 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 talked about like the the is that kind of what your biggest issue is with them is is the power in the console itself? Yeah, that thing. Oh, I think that I think that's what can be a trait. My biggest problem with them is they're st- too stubborn. My biggest issue comes from the fact that even when they are aware of these decisions that they're making, like you said, they're stubborn and they will not fix it, even if it's an easy fix. My biggest complaint, hundred percent. You can complain about them coming out with a goofy named console I, you know whatever i'll give them crap for it but i don't really care it doesn't affect me uh the the charger lack of a charger on the new 3ds a lot of people are complaining about it do i think they should have absolutely i think they should have it in there but again doesn't really affect me i'm not too worried about it um but i can see it certainly see why people would be upset for sure my biggest issue is the account system that affects me if something ever happens to my system it's gone it's gone forever. There's nothing I can do. I'm an ambassador for the uh, 3DS, the, the original 3DS. I have tons of free games on there. Can't transfer them over to a new one if I get it. Uh, the fact that there's nothing, you know, keeping these things safe for me mm-hmm. is, you know, that's a huge turnoff. Yeah. It's like, I want to play your games. I want to spend my money with you, but you're not giving me any sort of insurance whatsoever. You know, that, that worries me. Yeah. So that's that's my big issue with them. Uh, what about you, sir? I don't know. I think they are kind of in a difficult position where for a long time they've had this incredible currency of parents having confidence and trust that they can buy this thing for their kids and give it to their kids. But when you have issues like that account management issue mm-hmm. or you're going to go pick up the thing for your kid and it doesn't have a charging cable that you need, yeah, they're kind of eroding that trust they've built up with their consumers. Right. And a lot of this comes from, like, Kotaku had a really, really good argue. Uh, argue? Had a had good a, argue. Had good argue. They had a good article uh, written about, uh, you know, why Nintendo does some of the things they do. And one of the big reasons is they're based out of Kyoto in Japan. Now, when we think of Japan, honestly, <laughs> Brian has, has made made the case many times that, that JRPGs are, are goofy and over the top and ridiculous. That's honestly how a lot of Americans view Japan um, in many cases, especially with the internet printing nothing but goofy pictures and stuff like that (laughs) now kyoto to japan is viewed the same way so like that means that kyoto is you know even more set in its ways and set in its traditions kyoto is even more japan than japan (laughs) right (laughs) yeah exactly so i mean it's not too much of a surprise that and and i honestly uh we we were talking to somebody about this and they were making this argument and i didn't kind of like really it didn't really click with me until i had read this article um but it does make sense but it does not excuse it at all you are still living in the past you need to help you need to you know move forward it's 2015 it's not 1990 i think we can all agree that i think their biggest problem now is marketing 100% horrible. First Absolutely. of all, I have a huge problem with you thinking you're too proud to go to, um, okay, I get that there's some hate for E3 and PAX and all these, uh, these. so the Nintendo, they've decided they're not going to do that. They're not going to show stuff there. They're not going to have a press conference. They're going to do Nintendo Direct. Here's the caveat. You have to own a Nintendo system to get Nintendo Direct. I mean, I know they show them on YouTube eventually. Mm-hmm. 
do that. You can, you can watch them streaming uh, online. Streaming? Okay. Yeah. But the but the, but taking them out of that, saying we're going to do our own thing, you're losing. <laughs> unless you're. Yeah. I honestly disagree with really? that. Really. When I heard they were doing Nintendo Directs instead, I thought it was actually a good move for right now. Okay. This whole conversation is about how they're falling behind Microsoft and Sony. They're trying to figure out a way. I just why put yourself in a position where you have the chance to be overshadowed by those two? It's all about that hype train, man. Uh, correct, but if you're if you're putting on your own show that anybody can access for free, sure, and look at at any point and showcasing what you have, that way they're not distracted by other things going on. Blizzard does that. BlizzCon, exactly. Yeah. Now, am I saying they should stay away forever? No. If they can, if they can, you know, somehow build themselves up and, and put themselves back in in that light, I think they should absolutely okay. do it. If they find themselves in a position to eventually be like, you should come to this show to look at us and ignore the other two, because Sony and Microsoft come to E three and shows like that with that mentality, and it shows. Yeah. They both go above and beyond to outdo each other. And Nintendo's just like, you know, we're going to show you our stuff. If you like it, great. You know, and let's all have fun. Blah blah yeah. blah. But. I mean, we talked. We had did that E3 episode last year, and we talked about you know Nintendo did great, but yeah. we were talking more about Sony sure. and Microsoft. Yeah. And that's I kind of I, I think they're trying to. I thought that was a good move okay. personally. The Nintendo directs. I just feel like it's kind of a, a white flag move. Like, eh, well, all right. Yeah. I'm kind. I'm, I'm more with Brian on this. Because uh, like, okay, so Microsoft and Sony are just constantly trying to one up each other, each other, and it's a vicious thing. Sometimes. Sometimes. But yeah. it's also like, oh, Microsoft just announced this insane always online policy. Well, we're going to come out and say the exact opposite and make them look bad and have egg on their face. And then they're going to change that. And then Nintendo's just like, oh, you guys have account management and other basic <laughs> features. Well, we're, we don't want to compete. That's kind of what we're it feels uh, like. We're just doing our own thing. And, that, and, and it feels like they're... they're and, and and that may be the direction they want to go, and I'm not gonna. I I am not gonna say I know how to run Nintendo better than they know how to run Nintendo. But what it signifies to me is what Mark just said. We don't really want to compete because that's going to cost us money and time. We just want to do our own thing, and we'll do whatever the hell we want. But I think that's going to be in which is honestly a very Apple move. Yes, Apple's always kind of been like you're going to take what we give you and you're going to like it. <laughs> the, the, but the problem is, is that. Nintendo has lost too much of its popularity to be as um, Apple as Apple is. Apple still, yeah. Apple still a, a, a powerhouse in that market. Nintendo is not. Nintendo is not big enough right now to be that way, and that's my problem with them. It's like you guys are acting like, you know, hey, we're Nintendo. We're going to do our own thing. We're not going to compete. Okay, Sony is absolutely murdering you in the gaming scene. You can't act like that. You're going to fall way too far behind. And then what's going to happen? I'm just worried about them as all. Well. That's that's the problem with their the, their mentality though is they are trying to cater towards their loyal customers, the people who right. are only focused on them. But we are also their customers. We love their stuff too. Does that mean they're only catering to just fanboys? Or right. like so if for us we're sitting here saying like we want you to do better. We want you to do better in your business, and we want you to cater to more people. So you should take these steps. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying? We don't want to cater to you because you want us to do better. Like, how? What? What kind of mentality is that? Why, but why can't you cater to your loyal fans and to try to bring in exactly? New fans? That doesn't make that's. And they're you know not, what? Okay. Acting like that's mutually exclusive is uh, is pardon my French. It's asinine. If you think that those two are mutually exclusive, that you can't cater to your loyal fans Agreed. and also bring other fans in, hundred yep. percent. If agree. you think that it's one or the other, you are honestly need a, you honestly need a little bit more. 
A reality know, check? Reality check. Yeah. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Absolutely. It's not hard. It's like, if you don't want to compete on the graphics front, that's fine. You don't have to make the most graphically advanced right. games. But you could do your customers a courtesy and give them basic features that make the yes. console Account more usable. management, yes. please. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Get with the times, Nintendo. I just, I just, man. <laughs> Keep I wanna, on making great games. I want to buy a Wii U, and I, I eventually will. I know I will, because I know as soon as a, a new Metroid game drops or a new Zelda game drops, I'm going to shell out the money to do it. But that's going to be like three years after the Wii U launched. Yeah. Which, so I have to, the value has to meet, it's what, it, you know, the value to me has to equal what I'm buying, right? Yep. And so it's going to take three years for them to... Well, and that's that's per person, obviously. Oh, the, the, for me, yes, absolutely. the value of the Wii U has to come to the point where, oh, look, a Zelda game's out. I value Zelda as a franchise. Three years? Three years from the launch of your console? Three years from the launch of your console is when you're going to drop a Zelda and or... like any, like they have Oh, one. they waited on Mario Kart and Smash yeah. Brothers, too. Why yeah. did you wait that long? And when they, when they said uh, that... Uh, why Super not Mario just 3D World came out? People thought it was going to be the new 3D Mario, like Galaxy yep. and N64 and stuff. Nope. Nope. Why not just keep selling games for the highest selling console of the last generation until you have a bunch of Wii U games in yes. the hopper, and then release the Wii U? I mean, the to admittedly the the PS4 and the Xbox One's uh, release uh, or launch games were just terrible as well. You know what though? But I would I would. This is totally, uh, you know, speculation on my part. I'm wondering though what the system sales versus Wii, the regular Wii. I know, obviously, everybody knows it was massive mm-hmm. sales. I wonder though how the game sales were on the system, because obviously it didn't cater to hardcore gamers. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of people that bought it were just like, "Oh, I played Wii Bowling, and that's cool. I want to get <laughs> well, one." Well, Wii Sports is the best-selling game of all time, right? But that's because it was bundled in. Yep. It makes me wonder how game sales actually were on that. I haven't looked at a graph on that. I haven't even thought of that. No. Makes me wonder, though. That's a big part of it. So, yeah. Anybody else have anything else to add? No. We we freaking we love Nintendo. Yeah. We truly do. Like and I said, as soon as the Zelda game comes they're out. They're just so stubborn. I'm going to buy a Wii U. Like, I know I am. I, I'm not the one of those people who's like, I'm not buying a Wii U. I will eventually buy a Wii U. But the point is, is that by the time I buy this Wii U, it will have been out for three years. Yeah. You know what the worst part is? You'll still be paying full retail for those games too. That's fine. They you know, never I freaking know. lower their stupid prices. I know. It just, ugh. Ugh. I, I just can't handle it. it. Wow. Go ahead, Mark. Earlier, I made a comparison to Nintendo being the Apple of gaming, but I have to take that back because one of the famous quotes that Steve Jobs used to say was, "The goal of Apple is to delight our customers," and I don't feel like they're making decisions to delight their customers well, right I, now. I mean, right now, Apple they didn't they come out with like. Well, I, we're, we're I, talking about Tim Cook. Yeah. But, not Steve Jobs. Well, didn't, uh, I mean, <laughs> account management. I think that's the big problem, thing. though. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have iTunes, which any Apple you product. Delight you get, me. Make me yeah. delighted. I think they and genuinely happy. think they are, though. Really? That's the problem. Yeah. Is that's the mentality out there in Kyoto. Like, that's kind of <laughs> what the article was pointing out. It's like they think they are doing what's right because that's what worked for them, you know, 20, 30 years ago. When it's like, it's. 2015. Everything changes, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's well, not... Mm. 30 years ago, we had CRT TVs. Right. Yes. Well, you still have one. That's true. <laughs> C-R-A-P? Oh, boy. Nope. Nope. All right. Man, that ran pretty long. Yeah, well, it's Nintendo. It's... <laughs> 
True enough. Yeah. I got a lot to say about them, but we do, we do love them. We really do. Uh, we just, we just want to see them succeed. But man, they just need to pull their heads out of their collective rear ends. Yeah, we're not saying they're going out of business or anything. But no, 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 no. They're definitely on the. Uh, and I hate to break this to people who are Nintendo fans. They're on the back burner. I, I you talk to any gamer. They're uh, unless you're a hardcore Nintendo fan, they're kind of an afterthought, and that's sad because they used to not be. They used to be like. The gaming system. Right. And I think, I, Brandon, what he was saying, yeah. I think that's kind of the mentality of a lot of people who didn't grow up with Nintendo yeah. and didn't didn't play too many of their games. Yeah. They look at it as a kid's console. Yep. You know, whether you believe that or not, yeah. that's the mentality that a lot yep. of people have. And they've got to, and Nintendo's got to, got to actively fight against that. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. Uh, okay. Well, real quick, we're going to go ahead and go over to Matt with a quick side quest. Good old Matt. Hey, Frozen North hosts and fans, welcome to the upside-down world that is Matt's Effect. Today, I will venture bravely into the darkest depths of the gaming podcast world to brave an encounter with one of the gaming world's most notorious evil voices ever to invade the minds of gamers everywhere. Today, I deliver hate mail to Brian. That's right, folks. This is my top five reasons I hate Brian. Number five. Brian, you convinced me to purchase World of Warcraft Warlords of Draenor. I hate you. Let me tell you something. I'm Matt. I am powerless. I used to think that there was no such thing as a gambling addiction. I don't believe I have an addictive personality. I mean, I don't fall prone to the hooks of gambling, alcohol, cigarettes, or any of those things that so many anonymous groups like to help people with. But then I played WoW, and uh, I kind of lost two months of my life. Rating during Burning Crusade, I literally didn't notice how much time had passed and all the events I had missed. Uh, so I had to step away, and I finally did with uh, all my grievances for Wrath Lich King. I was able to get away, but then here comes Brian. He's reigniting the flame that is my WoW addiction, and once again, I'm rating. Thanks, Brian! Luckily, the game is fantastic. Um, I'm really digging the whole Garrison thing, and the story's top-notch. Uh, so if you can self-police yourself, I uh, recommend picking it up again. Number four, Brian! You put the PlayStation 4 controller as your number one on your list of favorite video controllers, video game controllers. Look, man, this controller leaks battery life like a sieve. It dies on me so often. And the cable it comes with is only like three feet long. So my life is a disaster. DualShock 3 takes it for me because of that. Sorry, man. Number three, your bald head. Not all of my grievances here have to be gaming related. It shine pierces the laws of physics and blinds me through the microphone. It makes arguments with you so challenging because I lose myself in staring at your baldness. I object to having this handicap forced on me. Two words, Brian. Hair plugs. Number two. Brian, you have changed my life on Bioware with the Mass Effect series. Now look, I haven't finished the games yet, but a big part of my gaming identity is that I hate new Bioware. I've hated them since Knights of the Royal Republic with their stupid gimmick of light side versus dark side. One-dimensional morality growth is a stupid idea, and I hold Bioware accountable for making it so such a popular trope in Western RPGs. But enter the Mass Effect sequels. My complaints about the gimmicks are gone. The horrific Mako mechanic with the hover truck is gone, and the story and the character development is some of the best I've ever seen. Now, I have had the ending spoiled for me, and yeah, it sounds a bit silly, but as Brian says, uh, it's about the journey, not the destination. Uh, so, Bioware's back, baby! Only, um, I have a tough time saying that to most people I know, because they never realized Bioware was gone, which makes me sad. Baldur's Gate, people. Play it. Number one. This is the most important. You put Final Fantasy VIII on your top five PlayStation games list. 
Dude. 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 This is a Final Fantasy game, and I love myself some Final Fantasy, but this game, just no. No! It does not deserve to be anywhere near a top five list. And yes, I know there's a community out there that... Uh, attacks Final Fantasy 7 fanboys all the time, saying eight's better, blah, blah, blah. And I respect the fact that y'all hold uh, such strong opinions on this, but uh, please have the courtesy to know that you're wrong. Look, aside from the fact that several of the base mechanics that are pretty much required to complete the game, drawing magic, junction and guardian forces, boosting summons, all those things that uh, JJ and company talked about last time, uh, yeah, all those are really, really bad. But beyond that, what's more important is how atrociously broken the game is. Its math sucks. What crackerjack thought it was a good idea to average your party level together to determine the level of the enemy you're fighting? So you level Squall to level 100 at the beginning of the game, and you know you can do that pretty easily because you know it takes a thousand experience per level, no matter what. So you go all the way to 100, then you just kill off your other two party members so that they don't gain experience anymore, and suddenly you're slaughtering level 40s throughout the entire game. That's dumb. A game whose most fun is found within its optional card game is no game that I would call a top five contender. Triple Triad is the best part of the game. It's where I spent the majority of my time, and even they managed to screw that up by introducing this stupid random rule, like, halfway through the game, where I don't get to choose what cards I'm playing with anymore. Dumb! Okay, beyond that, the most important part here is the story. This story sucks. The plot of what's actually going on is so bad that when they finally reveal it to us of what's going on, they have to have it explained in the background of a black screen while the main character is obsessing over a girl he's fallen in love with. What is this time compression thing? Only a company like Square could create a most ridiculous villain in all of gaming. Ultimecia and time compression? Wow. Now, the parallel storytelling of two love stories between Laguna and Squall is actually kind of cool, but the problem is, is that You don't do that in a game when you already have a military academy versus First World Empire plot that descends into fighting a villain across time and space. There's too much going on here. My point is, Final Fantasy VIII is fat. Like Brian. Frozen North, this is Mass Effects. See you later. And we're back. Thank you, Matt, for that interesting side quest. I take exception to all those things. (laughs) That's... Hey, it's, it's solid hate mail defense. for you. You have hey, said bring on the hey, hate I many just, times. I would just like to say to rebut. Mm. Solid. Okay, okay. that's good. There we good go. point. Got yeah, it. Absolutely. As you can see, though, it's that simple. You ever want to? Anybody wants to send in a side quest? By all means, send it to frozennorthpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, you can edit it yourself uh, the way Raul does, or you can just have me edit it the way Matt did. Um, doesn't really matter. We'll we'll do it either way. And if you want to hate on me? Do it because I love you. We'd love to hear you. Yeah. So. Record your thoughts. Keep it at about five minutes. Uh, just send it over, yeah. and uh, we'll see about getting it on the show. Yep. All right. Back to Nintendo. So we have obviously gone over <laughs> the things that irk us about them. We're in, we went in depth a little bit about uh, you know our right. love for Nintendo. Uh, we are going to 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 kind of flip that. We're going to be doing our top five Nintendo exclusives. <laughs> Now this isn't this isn't specifically games made by Nintendo, even though a lot of the, the ones on our list are. But these are games that haven't shown up on anything else as of yet. Yeah. Uh, other than Nintendo systems, Correct. I'll start. My number five Nintendo exclusive is totally shockingly based on nostalgia. Completely, I know, I know, it's hard to believe. Uh, the Secret of Evermore. Nice. 
Have you played it? I think so. <laughs> I've played quite a few. <laughs> All right, hold, hold on. In my defense, I've played quite a that few a good pick. SNES I RPGs. I emulated them back in the day. Don't arrest me. It was like 20 years ago. I don't think I've ever played Secret of Evermore, but I might have, but I don't remember. There's some statute of limitations, <laughs> right? Oh, wow. Uh, Secret of Evermore, you are a basically a, uh, a young boy, and you have your dog as your companion, and you're going through four different worlds created by from the imag- imaginations of uh, different people uh, related to this scientist who created this massive world. Each world is completely different from the last. Your dog actually evolves and changes with you. You level up. It plays a lot like Secret of Mana. Uh, you're running around just fighting stuff, action RPG style, and uh, you use alchemy instead of magic, uh, which is really cool. Just a really, really fun game, and I, I think I love it so much because I love Secret of Mana yeah. so much, and it's very, very similar in that vein. Um, so that's my number five, Secret nice. of Evermore. Music composed by Jeremy Sewell. There you go. <laughs> Mark, why don't you go next? My number five is... <laughs> I almost said top five. I have no doubt. <laughs> is Ace Attorney. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Good I one. I never played them. <laughs> Uh, I am I am ashamed to admit it, but I used to be really into the Detective Conan anime series. Man, I love that show. So, oh, you like it? I do. Yeah, I, man, we've talked about this before. I've talked, told you a million times. I like you it. didn't like it like I did. I that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, I've watched possibly five hundred episodes. That's insane. No, I've oh, seen maybe so, fifteen. So that's a natural transition for me to go from Detective Conan to the Phoenix Wright series. Or I should say the Ace Attorney series, because some of them don't involve Phoenix Wright. Right. It's just a fantastic game. It's a visual novel, which is kind of... The 3DS and the DS are the perfect console for visual novels. That's Absolutely. why there's so many on them, as opposed to other platforms. Do you do you play, like, where you yell into the mic? Usually not. Have Usually you done I it before? Just, yes. Yeah! It's, it's fun. You go. It's not... Sometimes you're like, why didn't it do anything? Brian hasn't played it, so I, I'll, I'll explain it. Basically, like, you know you know what Ace Attorney is? Yep. The games are. So you're playing as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You're in a courtroom and stuff like that. And you Actually, you're more of a detective than anything else. Uh, but you can either push a little button that says objection when you want to object to something, or you can yell into the microphone, objection! And it actually <laughs> registers yeah. on there. Oh, objection! Mar- Mar- I, that's Hold Mark. it! That's Mark. <laughs> yep. Mark's- so it's like, I've always wondered, like, if you're, like, in a crowded airport or something like that. Objection! <laughs> Oh, good stuff. So I love I love those games though. They're really awesome. Yep. Anything else to say on them? That's it. All righty. Brian, number five, sir. Barrels, bananas, crocodiles, bipedal lizard evilman. <laughs> I am talking about Donkey Kong. The Donkey Kong series is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, played it. Uh, I remember when it came out for the Super Nintendo. The graphics were they had they did that like almost claymation looking gra- graphics. Camera. I don't know the. I don't know the technical term for it. Or it no, it looked like it. Yeah, I know. But, what you're talking woo! About. That's all I have to say is barrels, bananas, crocodiles, bipedal evil lizardmen. Even by today's standards, those graphics look they, really good for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, uh, Donkey and Diddy Kong um, had the same kind of structure as Mario, where the maps were like you pick the level and you'll play mm-hmm. it. But uh, those mine the Donkey Kong level, the, the minecart. Mine I should have added that minecarts. <laughs> anyway, that's Donkey Kong series number five. 
big time series. Did you ever play Donkey Kong 64? Nope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, the really one Really underappreciated. It, it was basically the same. Uh, wasn't it very similar to Mario 64? Yep. Just Donkey Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I loved it, except you could be different characters, and yes. they all had different powers and stuff. Really didn't get the attention it deserved. No. Um, and I, I would love to see it on virtual console yep. one day, Nintendo. That's not happening. <laughs> You're probably right. You love that game? Never. <laughs> Man, that's that's a whole other issue. We could get into their virtual console server. No, 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 we're not doing it. We're not doing it. <laughs> All right, number four. My number four is Xenoblade Chronicles. Isaac uh, just clapped again. Again, not a not, not a uh, Nintendo game per se, but it but is a an Nintendo exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. And man, I mean, I've talked about this game before. Gorgeous, gorgeous on the Wii. Uh, the characters themselves, not a huge fan of the way they look, but. The environments, the exploration, and you can see clearly on the new one coming out on X, the new trailer that they showed where it showed like the zones you're walking through. Oh my gosh. It's going to be good. Unbelievable. Yep. So I, if you have not played this game, it is hands down the best game on the Wii for sure. So that's my number four, Xenoblade Chronicles. From here on out, it's all Nintendo. Mark? My number four is Star Wars Rogue Squadron. To me... This is my Star Fox. I never owned a Star Fox game. I've played them a little bit, but to me, this is the flight game for Nintendo consoles. Fantastic. I didn't own it originally. I used to just find any excuse possible to go to my neighbor's house and play their copy. I'd just go and knock on the door and be 64? like... 64? Yep. Yep. And interestingly, it came out six months before Episode 1 came out, and it had the Naboo Starfighter in it, <laughs> but... It was like locked in the code yep. until after the movie came out, and then they released the code so you could unlock it and play with it. Man, fantastic game series. I always loved flying around in the Y-Wing. That Y-Wing. <laughs> that y dropping bombs, huh? Yeah, dude. Y-Wing's my favorite. The bombers. The, 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 the Alliance bombers. Exactly, yeah. yep. I was an A-Wing fan. It was just it's such a cool game because it's all the major fights. I loved X-Wings. I just That's the Star Wars wow. game. What about the... Uh, B-wing. I was too hipster how, Mark. to like the X-Wing. <laughs> Mark, how about Man, the... X-Wing's mainstream. Mark. I'm going with the Y-Wing. What about the B-Wing? B-Wing's all right. Uh, what? <laughs> it's no Y-Wing. You know how it like folds into like an X? Or like a, like a, a upright with the two, and then it folds yeah. back? Oh, my God. No. 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 <laughs> you know. No. The Y-Wing is the best. <laughs> no, the Y-Wing is slow, and all it does no. is drop okay. bombs. <laughs> so you had all the major battles from the movies, and the coolest part was once you had played through the game, and done certain challenges, you could use any yeah. craft you wanted in any challenge, which is fantastic. Yeah. Great, great game. Definitely a great series. One of my And favorites. apparently coming to PC, so maybe I can't even have it on my list. Woo! Well, fall right now you can. There we go. So there you go. All right. Brian, number four, sir. All right, my number four, the carts of the Mario. Oh, man. Kart, Mario Kart. I mean, that's one of the most... I probably spent more time getting mad at my brother's and beating up my friends and throwing controllers. Than even, playing, if even if you're not a racing game fan. Play, you know, and, and back when you are kids, you didn't understand rubber band mechanics. So you were always like, I'm way out ahead. What? what? How did you catch me? But, oh, man, all the power-ups you got and, like, that red shell. When you knew your friend had a red shell and he was behind <laughs> you. No, no, no. Oh, God. It Mario Kart is one of those games that does tense situations so well yeah you could be in first the entire time and somebody could snatch yep. it from you right at the last second you could be in last the entire time and still end up getting really lucky and catapulting yourself into first place 
you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and and then they came out in Mario Kart 64 with the battle mode, mm-hmm. where you just uh, had balloons around your cart and would go around an arena. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that one Mario Kart series number four. I don't think it will ever fall off my top five just because that that series got brought so many memories. Have you played the new one? No, not yet. Mm-mm. Oh man, I, I move into my new place. We got definitely playing Mario Kart. You bet. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's incredible. Like I said, well, like I said earlier, one of my games of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. My number three, Brian, if I were to pitch a video game idea to you and I said, Go. Hey, we're going to make a game about a plumber okay. who fights a dinosaur gotcha. to save a girl in a pink dress. Right on. And he's Italian of dinosaur. Yep. I would say that's weird. It's very Japanese of you. Yeah. <laughs> right. However, the Super Mario Brother franchise, which is... My number three does that in spades. I had a really hard time picking like which aspect because at first I was like, well, I want the the uh, the, the open world Mario games like Mario sixty four, Sunshine uh, Galaxy, Galaxy two, that kind of stuff. And then I was like, well, I can't forget Super Mario RPG. Oh my gosh, Mario Kart's in there too. Oh my god, oh, there's so many good Mario games. Mario franchise. Um, and granted, I'm not a big fan of like the two D ones, um, other than the old school ones, like like Super Mario Brothers three, Super All Mario right. World. Nice. I love those games. Don't get me wrong, but like the new Super Mario Brothers games, I'm not big on, um, just because they're. I don't. I mean, me and two D. Yeah. I think two D should be left in the past, but man, just the series as a whole, the franchise as a whole. Sorry, is is just spectacular. It's he is, is he the most iconic video game character? Yes. You think? Yep. Yep. I mean, and he's a freaking plumber. Should we ask Brandon? He likes spaghetti. I think everybody on the planet knows what Mario is. If you were saying Mario Brothers, no matter what you are, you know that that's what that's a sign of like, you know. Yep. And to be able to take a subject like that and turn it into the most iconic video game character, that shows that you you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. At least at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, Mario Brothers franchise. I can't. I can't say enough good things about it. I, I always look forward to to the new stuff. They just released uh, Galaxy Two uh, as a download for like ten bucks on, nice. on the Wii, and I just picked that up. So can't wait to dive into it because I didn't get the chance to pick it up on the Wii. So yeah, that's my number three Super Mario Brothers franchise. 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 Right franchise. Super that? Mario Brothers franchise. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I hate you guys. Okay, That's yeah, the title uh, of the episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, your number three is similar. It's a huge departure from yours. Right. It's uh, Super Mario slash New Super Mario, which you specifically said you don't like. Right. So now I'm offended. <laughs> now he's offended. I mean, you said most of what I wanted to say, but anecdote. When I got my 3DS, the first thing you guys told me was, you got, you got to go pick up Pokemon XY. And I went to the store and said, nope, I'm buying new Super Mario Bros. <laughs> too, because this game looks incredible. And it was good. And it's fantastic. It's just like the old games. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many hours I've sunk into those into that series. The, the classic 2D side-scrolling, block-busting, jumping, yep. fantastic. I'm going to keep it short. There you go. There you go. All right. Brian, number three, uh, sir. My oh. number three, honestly, um, taking an exception to both of you, not on any of your lists. I wanted to. Seriously. This would have been my honorable like mention. A, but I said... Seriously. I said... This is... Uh, uh, Star Fox. Okay? Star Fox. All right? Andross. Yep. The evil face of a monkey. Oh, was there a Y-Wing in that game? Oh, there wasn't. 
I don't even know how to respond to what he's saying right I'm now. I'm just staring at him. I agree with you, 100. Um, Andros, you got the monkey-faced uh, evil wizard, um, and you got you know Slippy Falco, Fox McCloud. You know, and what's the pig? What was the pig? Pig. I thought there was a pig. No, a rabbit. Rabbit. Uh, Peppy. Peppy. Yeah. Bull barrel roll. Pig. Pig. Whatever. The, the pig yeah. was in the. Anyway, yeah, Brian's a fan of Star Fox. Oh my god! When this first came out for the Super Nintendo, and then uh, obviously the N sixty four version, the the I called it the Independence Day level, where you had it was free reign to fly around, but there was like those are the best ones. Oh my goodness! Um, Star Fox series is. Yeah, I I'm going to admit something to you guys right now. I even like Star Fox Adventures. Was the one I have I, not played it. That was one of the first games I picked up for the uh, GameCube. Everyone says it's a complete and utter disgrace. It's basically like a Zelda meets Star... There was Star Fox missions in it, but it was Zelda-structured, where you got heart containers and uh, power-ups. Yeah, very, very weird departure. I mean, you played as Fox McCloud actually running around. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people like the game. I, I personally love it. I just love the Star Fox franchise, man. Fox McCloud's such a cool character. I you know, Just You know me. I'm a sci-fi nerd, so anything that's sci-fi-ish... I, I, I glom on to, so Star Fox franchise is uh, going to be uh, one of my favorites for all time. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two. My number two is the Legend of Zelda series, and but that shows up later on somebody else's list. My number two is also the Legend of Zelda, just to get it out of the way, and uh, <coughs> it's number one for somebody. So <laughs> hey, my, number two, yeah. my number two is Metroid. And it shows up later on someone else's list. All right. Oh, what, what, what number possibly could it be? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it might be your number one. Oh. All right. So my number one is the Pokemon series. Nice. I freaking adore these games. Like, I will admit that I don't always finish them. I don't even always buy them when they come out because they come out, you know, every every couple of years. They're, they're very, very similar. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. But honestly, they, they find new tweaks and new little additions yeah. that to throw into every game and the new ones that are coming out are really really great intros into the series you and i tore through the uh, x and y yeah. we just played that and that was your first one right that was my first well that was the first one i ever beat okay i, I played other ones but that was the first one i ever like whoa this is fun yeah because they really improved mm-hmm. upon it they they just did a really really great job uh improving on everything i i can't say enough good things about the series i i love it i mean this is also Definitely another example where people look at it and say, like, oh, it's for kids. I honestly, you know what, I don't say what you want. I love it. I still have a great time with it. And uh, it's my number one Nintendo franchise, or number one Nintendo exclusive, Pokemon. Yep. Uh, Mark's number one is the same as Brian and I's number two. Man, the Legend of Zelda series. Yeah. How can that be anything but your number one? Zelda was an awesome hero. He had a sword. This is like when you Mm -hmm. guys didn't put the Master Sword. Almost as cool as Metroid. It was like when you didn't put the Master Sword on your guys' lists. I did. Well, it wasn't high enough up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mark, speak more on yeah. The Legend of Zelda. I'm mean, number one, Chief. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> now I'm on the Episode spot. 55, I feel like I'm nervous. on the spot. Uh, I mean, the hero of time. The fact that the entire series is a self-contained story, but it's also part of an ongoing story... And there's the multiple, uh, there's the, where it breaks out into the child timeline and the adult timeline. And the dead Fantastic, link timeline. The dead link timeline. Yep. I just love the lore in this game. And love the gameplay as well. It's That's classic, my favorite part. Classic hack and slash game. I mean, if this game didn't exist, 
so many other games that have come since then wouldn't exist either. I think the lore is tacked on and uh, was just <laughs> given to what? the to just appease fans of the series. I don't really take it seriously. I think each game separately is just fine. Mark, uh, I'm on your boat here. What is he saying? <laughs> Sorry, Look it feels tacked face. on to me. Look at Mark's face. Feels tacked on to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the gameplay is spectacular. Each game is just a wonderful, wonderful adventure to play through. It, it really is one of those games that just defines adventure. You know, because you're you're going through dungeons, you're taking out enemies. If I had one thing that I would change, it would be just give me some experience points, man. Ugh, I hate that I kill stuff and I don't get anything for it. Yeah, you get rupees. I no, that's not worth it. You get a little heart because you don't always. Sometimes you kill stuff and you don't get anything. You get a little bomb. That's annoying. The story was not tacked on. Oh, there it is. <laughs> He's still still on that. How could you say that? It was it was tacked on. No, I, I really enjoyed the way. Oh, so they of... had that story in mind from the first one. Probably not. <laughs> oh, well. But I still enjoyed like the way you organically discover that there is a continuity. Because they don't tell you from the beginning of the series. They don't say, this is a sequel. This is what happens next. But you start to notice, like, wait a minute. There's threads. This, this map, yeah. this overworld, is strikingly similar to the overworld in this game. Which is the same as this overworld. And you begin to realize that there is a continuity. It's Threddy Mogretti. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. Once they, once they establish that... Like, you know, six games into the series, the ones that followed mm. did come into that. They didn't establish it for, until a while into the series. I don't know. It's true. Sorry. I'm offended. I, I have no doubt, but I I'm need, okay with I'm that. I'm going to go research that, and then I'm going to be proven wrong. <laughs> That's or I could be proven wrong. I don't know too much about it. I have the, the book. I just haven't really read it nice. uh, cover to cover yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's freaking Zelda, man. Yeah. That we've talked about the original Nintendo. You buy that game, you see the gold cartridge. You know it's special. Absolutely. So, okay. My number two, Brian's number two, and Mark's number one. Yeah. The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. My number one, though, and no one. Mark has no on his list. one. I put it at number one. No. Which I'm ashamed. <laughs> at least I put it at number two. Correct. I have not played the, any this, of the games. This so. is the Metroid series. We got the we got Samus Aran, the Fantastic. The flamboyant female yep. bounty hunter. Who's that? Metroid's enemy. That. Um, so what kind of gun let does me Metroid just, let me use? Just break this down for you. You got a story where you've got the uh, back in the day, by the way, um, very progressive female main character. Obviously, yep. you don't know right away, right? But you got this bounty hunter who's hunting space pirates. Space pirates. Okay, that's all I gotta say. I win the argument. Space pirates. It's space and pirates. It's like ninja space pirates is even better. I've only played the second one on Game Boy. Gotcha. So that's why it's not on my list. I've played through Metroid and Super Metroid, and I've played quite a bit of mm-hmm. Metroid Prime. And there have been a lot of Metro- Metroid. And what's funny is uh, with the whole series is they they completely redid the series with Metroid Prime. You went from a side scroller, um, what they like to call a Metroidvania scroller, where there's no like set path. It's you can pick where you want to go, right? Um, and get power ups to a first person. Same kind of same kind of concept. Still getting power ups. Still going to different sections. And it still holds up. You know what I mean? And a lot of people have said that Super Metroid um, was revolutionary. Uh, that it was one of Nintendo's like tri- triumph. Crowning Absolutely. Crowning I mean, there's so yeah. many, though, for Nintendo. No, no, no. They were there I, at the beginning. But I, I've read a lot of people say that, that Super Metroid right. was the, the, the peak of the mountain. That was the most well-designed game ever ever conceived at that hmm. time obviously yep. and uh, obviously spawned what we call the metroidvania series right um so it's cachet is, is well known but god i just love 
I'm like I said, I'm a sci-fi nerd. So you put a you put a you know a giant suited woman or a suited you know mech suited woman with a, a blaster for a hand in space hunting down space pirates. Her parents must have been like on something and yeah. Metroid though. And you've got these uh, you've got these parasitic <laughs> you got these parasitic <laughs> aliens called Metroids that <laughs> just want to suck energy. It just sky it's so good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. So good. Metroid. I like how Nintendo names their series after not the main character. Yeah. Did you Just guys, to confuse people. Did you guys know that you can find Samus Saran in uh, Mario RPG? No. Mm-hmm. Is it a cool cameo? It's the, She's like sitting in the inn in the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, you go in and she just like says like one line to you. But she's sitting there. Does she say, Metroid? She's not. No. No. <laughs> I think she says something about like she's lost or something like that. Like, I'm looking for Ridley. The first time I read that you could find her in there, I was like, sweet, can I get her as a party member? Uh, yeah, and let me just... Uh, but no. But in, in, to end my number one, let me just describe one of the main antagonists in this movie. He's some sort of, like, alien dragon... Like, he's like a, an alien dragon space pirate... Ridley or something? Ridley. Right? Yeah. yeah, just when you first fight him in uh, Super Metroid, and he's like, you know, the first you know the first scene where we have to escape the ship. God, he's just such a cool-looking character. He's, like a, he's a dragon, a space yeah. dragon. Well, what about Mother Brain? Mother Brain, I, I, the last scene where you power, the Metroid powers you up and you boom, boom, and yeah. it, like knock its head back. Honestly, JJ, if you've never played Super Metroid, honestly, I know you don't like side-scrollers, but the boss battles in that game were some of the most epic boss battles I'd ever played up to that point. I can get it for yeah. free through uh, Club Seriously, Nintendo before it closes. It I may is... do that. And just the way the world feels so interconnected yeah. in those games, like in... Metroid Prime, where you go to this planet and, like, the level 10, like, something you're going to go do in 10 hours, the door to that's right there Yeah, where you yeah. started. You just have to go through and do this other stuff first and then yeah, come back. Yeah, it's such a... Uh, it, when you play it, I know you like skyscrollers, but you'll see kind of, what whoa, this came out in, this came out in, you know, ni- what, 1996 or four or three something or like two? That, yeah. yeah. You're like, whoa, my goodness. So, uh, anyway, the last thing I want to say about that is go... Goku? Yeah. Let's cut that. <laughs> All right. I don't know. That was nope, random. not cutting that. Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, okay. That's our top five Nintendo exclusives. And, I mean, the name of this episode says it all. It's because we love you, Nintendo. It we really do. is. I love you. We do. And, I mean, now we know about Super Mario French fries. Yeah. <sighs> I love you, Nintendo, but please release a Metroid game, a Zelda game, and a Star Fox game. You already did Mario Kart, so it's checked off the list. So, but just come on. Come on. Come on. We're waiting. Come on. All right. Well, as we said, uh, in two weeks we will not be recording because I will be on a cruise. Man, but I for have one, fun. stoked. I, I for one will miss all of you. You don't have to miss me. You can listen. To no, I'm not me talking about the... you. I'm talking about like all of you out there in, in listening land. He's waving his hand. Mark, real quick, why don't you remind everybody what you're going to be doing? Uh, check out the TV podcast titled "Fool's Lantern Podcast." On iTunes, you can also find us on Twitter at when, Fool's Lantern. When he says TV podcast, he doesn't mean like video. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I confused you by saying that. Yep. Podcast about television. Okay. It will be all audio. Very cool. Good stuff. The Fool's Lantern. Right. So make sure to look for that in about two weeks. Uh, well, with that, I don't have anything else to you. That's it. Nothing. Right. All right. Cool. Uh, With that, this is the Frozen North signing off. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you both for being here. Thank you, Brandon, for giving us a few minutes of your time. Good, good stuff. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Nintendo, for uh, helping our childhoods grow. Thank you, Matt, for doing your side quest. And uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. 
And thank you for the souvenirs you haven't purchased for me yet. Uh huh. Yep. Sure. Oh man. All right. With that, this is the Frozen North signing off. My name is JJ. I'm Mark. Brian is my name. And as always, keep on gaming. song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.